Uh, this is the fourth spot in our upgrade series. And uh, the, the awesome thing, this is so cool to me, that God uh, invites us where we are. We get to come to him the way we are. So many people think that we've got to like arrive at a certain place and then God says, okay, now you've kind of met my minimum standards and now I'll take you there and then I'll work on you from there. No, God takes us the way we are. We are so broken and messed up and hopeless without him. He takes us right where we are. And the great thing is, is that then we're, we're his, he begins to shift us and it is, it is a full life upgrade. So let's just go ahead and get into your notes. Jesus is the life giver. He gives us eternal life, and as we trust him, he brings new life into every area of life. I've said it before, and I'll say it again. If you will let him, there is not one single part of your life that he will not impact and upgrade and make better. He just is working constantly through the Holy Spirit to, to change us and to upgrade us. In fact, this morning I turned on my iPad this morning. I got the little bing. That there's a new version, 6.1 point something or whatnot. And it's a new upgrade for, for my iPad. That it has new features and it gets rid of, of, some, of the, some of the bad frustrating stuff. And it's just getting better and better. That's what every upgrade does. It has, it has new, it has more, and it has less. Every upgrade in our life, there's more and there's less. And that's what God is doing in our lives today. And today we're looking at more certainty and less confusion. And I tell you what, when we were looking at, and we did the poll at the beginning of this series, that there are people that felt they didn't have any direction in their life. They, they felt confused in their relationships and confused in their finances and confused on every front. Uh, and then some people said, man, the whole, whole world just seems confusing to me right now. And, and times it can be. But when we allow God and we begin to anchor ourselves unto him, that confusion begins to dissipate and he, we really can have more certainty in this world, but it's not of this world, it's, it's in him. And I'm challenging you today. I want you, just like my iPad dinged me and said something there was new for my iPad today, I believe the Holy Spirit is dinging you right now and saying that there is something new and fresh and wonderful for you, that God is doing something actively in your life, that there is an upgrade that he is working in your life maybe it's on relationships maybe it's on your finances maybe it's just in your relationship directly with him maybe it's in your faith maybe on some level but i'm telling you let's embrace that and let's roll with it today because john 10 10 this has been our scripture that we've kind of gone in and out from over and over again we've we've looked at it this is our fourth week that the thief comes only to steal kill and destroy the enemy has a story of your life he wants to tell. He has a narrative he wants to write. He wants to steal and kill and destroy. He wants to come in and, and slash and burn everything that's precious to you. And your choices are whether or not you're going to roll with that story. But at the same time, that's not the only narrative that wants to be written. I love it that Jesus says, I've come that they may have life and have it to the full. God has a beautiful story. That doesn't mean that there's not a struggle. Guess what? Honestly, do any of us ever want to come and watch one of these big screens that we pay the money for and see no struggle? No, there's always something. There's always something there. But we also want to see the victorious end. We want to see the beautiful outcome. We want to see that. 
You may be in a struggle today. You probably are on some front. But I'm going to tell you that God has a plan. There's a narrative. There's a beautiful end to that. And we want to stay with it. See, John 10, 10 in the message. I love the way it closes out here. <clears throat> the message has Jesus quote is this. I came so that they can have real life, real and eternal life, more and better life than they ever dreamed of. And see, and that's what's cool. If sometimes you maybe look at your situation and you go, I don't see a good end to this. Huh, guess what? God sees from a different perspective. You don't have to see what the good end looks like. You just walk the next step with him. He paints the good end. You don't have to see it. Sometimes we can get a glimpse of it. Sometimes we can get a picture of it. But you don't have to have it mapped out for you. God does have a beautiful plan for you. Romans 117. <clears throat> and we're today on this concept and this is one of our scriptures we go over in our newcomers class all the time because this is who we are we're a move forward people you have to uh, you have to agree on that we say well, you there's a lot of things we can give leeway on but here at celebration church we're gonna have the desire to continue to grow you can grow fast you can grow slow but let's just not be stuck and even in this area of faith, Romans 1.17 says, For in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith. You say, okay, God, I believe. And then guess what? Then he begins to, to, to work in your life. And then now there's even more area where he begins, you begin to trust him even more. You give him one place to trust and he begins to do it. You'll see it on on, you know, realtors, billboards and whatnot. Give us 1% of your trust and we'll earn the other 99. Well, God's the one that really makes that offer. He's the one that really does that. And we come to him and trust him for our eternity. And then he begins to grow the whole thing in our lives. See, so many times we think we have to have the whole thing figured out. I want to look at this whole Christian package. I want to look at the whole thing. I want to analyze it. And if I can eat it in one big chunk, then I'm going to say yes. And if there's something I don't like or I don't understand, then I'm going to say no. And I'm going to mess with it and mess with it and mess with it until when I finally can get my full mind wrapped around it, then I'll say, yeah, I'm going to do this Jesus thing. I'm going I'm to roll with this. And that's not the way things work. The Bible even says to those that are perishing, to those that are outside of God, the, the, the wisdom, his wisdom is foolish. So it makes sense that if we haven't trusted him yet, that some of it doesn't make sense. The Bible's open about that, that that's the way that things will be. But thank goodness that he starts us at this place where we get to, we get to grow. It's been wonderful watching Colin and having a little one in the house again and seeing all of the little development. And they start out with a syllable that sounds like something we want them to say, like mom and her daddy. We're like, yes. And then it grows and pretty soon they're talking. They take one little step. And they toddle and gone down. And that's the beginning of walking. We Today we take for granted all the time about flying. You want to get a long distance quick, jump in a big airplane and go. That is by far the, the best way to get around. But we forget about the humble beginnings of flight. That it, wasn't, it was just barely 100 or so years ago that they have the very first flight. And we all talk about the December 17th flight. That's the one where they actually fly the 120 feet. But on December the 14th, they had a three-second flight. Flew for three seconds, didn't know what he was doing, stalled the wing, crashed. They had took them the rest of the days 
from December the 14th to the 17th to repair everything so they can make another run at it. And then they get it up and he flies at six miles an hour for a 12-second flight and goes 120 feet. Folks, that's 40 yards. I mean, you sit there, look at it. In our most common way to, to, of transportation, our feet, we can go 40 yards. Our pro athletes, we measure their speed in a distance of 40 yards. I mean, you can run full out, not even having to take a breath for 40 yards. And we look back at that and go, oh, that's where flight began. This revolution in travel flew at this sad little pace for this sad little distance. And everything changed. Yes, because we now recognize that it didn't stop there. And had it not been for that step, then the mind-blowing things that we see today, if you'd go back and tell the, the Wright brothers, you know, that there'd be some plane like the SR-71 that'd go coast to coast in this ridiculously short amount of time, they'd go, that's unbelievable. But it started with the first step. Your beautiful starts with the first step. The narratives and what God is wanting to do in your lives, they begin with the first step. You're like, how are we ever going to get to that? You take the first step. And when we have to understand this, that faith, for living from faith to faith, faith isn't a wish. It's not a wish. It's being sure that God will do what he said he would do. That's what faith is. Saying God is trustworthy. God's real. And he keeps his word and he'll do what he said he'll do. That's what it is. And when we begin to have these, these places with God, then he grows this area of surety in our lives. And he'll talk to us about uh, and shore up little things. And he'll shore up big things and all those different things. We, <clears throat> back when the, this church even began, and we had to take our first steps and we sold all of our, all of our real estate and we loaded up in a motorhome and we're going out and people are like, well, what, where are you going to do ministry? We don't know. We don't know. We just believe we're supposed to do this for six months to a year and then God will show us. And guess what? In six months to a year, he did. And then this is the fruit of part of that. And you just step out and you just go. We had an, another little place because God is wanting to remind us all the time. He's wanting to remind us and shore it up. And he does this through the Holy Spirit. And I had a super sweet moment um, this week with the Holy Spirit. And I took uh, my oldest boy, Keenan, to uh, CF&I. And uh, that's where he's wanting to go to school. Pastor John, who has been here before, a lot of y'all have heard him speak, is, uh, is uh, very much involved in the leadership over there. And, and uh, mom and dad felt good about him, him being over there with Pastor John. And it's been years and years since I've been on the campus. And Keenan, you see him up here playing the guitar, and he has a heart for worship. He wants to have a great worship school and ministry. So, so we're there. We go into chapel. And we're there in chapel, and I'm like, all right, they're just going to rip it, man. They're just going to tear into this great, this new stuff. Keenan likes the new cutting-edge stuff. He's, like, got albums waiting to buy tomorrow, I mean, or the next two days. I mean, he just, he loves the new stuff. So we're in chapel with all these college students at this place that cranks it out, and the guy, the worship leader at the piano, starts out. And he's playing this old song. And I'm like, 
And this is the first time Keenan was around CFNI's worship. So I'm, I'm, honestly, I'm being a little pouty on the inside. I'm like, this is his first experience when I think about the Lord. And it's that whole song. And so, and I, I'm being a little pouty, and, and I'm not even voicing it to God. I'm sitting there, and I'm just kind of hoping Keenan's not like, all right, it's kind of like, okay, seriously, this is where I'm going to learn my cutting-edge stuff. And, uh, and, so, and, he, and so, and as I'm kind of pouting there, and uh, I'm not worshiping. I'm not doing what I should have been doing. And, um, and so I'm just taking the whole thing in. It's right before it gets to the chorus of that song. And all of a sudden it hits me. And the Holy Spirit reminds me of a story that I've shared with y'all multiple times. That when Keenan was little, he's about five years old, Weston, our third, was in the high chair. And we're cooking dinner and doing all this. And Keenan comes in and just walks up to Weston and says, Weston, I'm going to teach you how to be a man of God. Cool. I just stayed messing with my stuff. Look busy. Don't interfere. And just listen. So the, their five-year-old Keenan just says, and he, he, he stops telling, he said, I'm going to show you how to be a man of God. And Weston's oblivious, eating his Cheerios or whatever. And Keenan throws his hands up and starts singing, Hallelujah, thank you, Jesus. Lord, you're worthy of all the glory. And he's singing that song, teaching his little brother how to be a man of God. And right as that chorus came up, I forgot those were even tied, but that's how even that song started. And then all of a sudden, that chorus starts. And I, here we are viewing it, the very first song. You guys reminded me that Keenan said, that's how you learn how to be a man of God. And here he is. This is where he's coming to learn how to be a man of God. <laughs> and it was just, and I just began to just be overwhelmed. I'm like, wow, that is just, God, that is just so sweet. And not that I was unsure about whether he was supposed to go to school there, but all of a sudden, just this certainty. This is it. And with that certainty, all the other questions of is, oh, it costs money and there's all, got to provide. All the other stuff, all of the other pieces begin to come as you understand that God says, this is the track, this is where I want you. And that certainty comes in and all the other variables that still exist that we don't know how they're going to come together yet, they will come together. And it is just a beautiful thing. Faith is, it's the surety of knowing that God will do what he said he will do. Hebrews 11 says, now faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. This is what the ancients were commended for. By faith, we understand the universe was formed in God's command and so that <clears throat> what is seen was not made out of what was visible. And just think about the beginning of that phrase. By faith, we understand. There's a lot of things in this world we don't understand and the only way we're going to understand them is looking at it from God's angle by faith and as we begin to embrace his truth things begin to open up and we begin to see things we never saw before possibilities we never saw before because otherwise the enemy wants to come in and bring confusion and first corinthians 14 reminds us that god's not the author of confusion sometimes people think that god wants us in this confused state so that we will lean on him stronger and that he somehow throws the blinders over so we'll no he's not the author of confusion he doesn't confuse you so that he can lead you he wants to bring clarity so that he can lead you that's what he wants he wants to bring peace he wants to bring that into our lives 
And we have to understand, just like I talked about the Holy Spirit reminding me of that song, that the Holy Spirit plays a significant role in this. John 16, 7 says, But very truly I tell you, it's good for you that I'm going away, and unless I go away, the Advocate, this is a, a, another name for the Holy Spirit, will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. Why? So that we can have the very presence of God resident in us. That it was good that Jesus go away. Jesus, miracle-working Jesus. The Word in the flesh, Jesus, it's better that he's sitting at the right hand of the Father right now and that the Holy Spirit is here. Why? So that we can have the, the surety of the presence of God within us. 1 Corinthians 2 says, We have not received the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God, that we may understand what he's freely given us. That's why we need to rely on the Holy Spirit and be aware of the presence of the Holy Spirit and embrace the work of the Holy Spirit so that we can understand, so that it pushes the fog out and, and our certainty rises because God's faithful. This is what we speak, not in words taught by human wisdom, but in words taught by the Spirit, exper expressing spiritual truths in spiritual words. Your beautiful is not going to be achieved by any man's means. This beautiful narrative that God wants to tell about your life, this John 10, 10 that, that you may have life and have life more abundantly, it will not be told by normal man's means. It is only told by us embracing what the Holy Spirit has. And then God will lead us and things will begin to unfold and you'll look back and so I don't understand how those things can go together, how these pieces can work together, but it's only God that does it. It is just absolutely, absolutely Amazing. The man without the Spirit doesn't, under, doesn't accept the things that come from the Spirit of God for their foolishness to him. And he cannot understand them because they're spiritually discerned. They're spiritually discerned. And that's the other thing that we have to understand because those that are on the outside think that those that see it, that we're doing it as some sort of a blind thing. Because they don't see it, they're on the outside. But when God has revealed it to you, it's spiritually discerned. It isn't blind faith. He's not called us to just blind faith. Faith isn't blind, folks. It is basing our decisions on the way God sees things. On the way God, on God's perspective instead of our own perspective. Our own perspective will be tainted. Our hurts, our frustrations, what the, the words of others will come in and taint our view. And we've got all these different layers of, of glasses building up this thing. And we end up seeing foggy or not at all. And the Holy Spirit can come in and, and change all of that. Let's look at seeing things from God's perspective. Even sometimes when maybe you're an expert in your field. Maybe you're an expert in your field. But God's wisdom goes beyond that. Luke 5 says, And when he had finished speaking, this is Jesus, he said to Simon, who's a fisherman by trade, put out into the deep water and let down the nets for a catch. And Simon answered, Master, we've worked hard all night and haven't caught anything. But because you say so, I will let down the nets. We've worked hard with no results. They were out there to catch fish. They weren't out there to just piddle the night away. They had a purpose. They were there. They worked hard at it. Sometimes you can be in the right environment with the right equipment and all this and work hard at something and not see the results you think you ought to see. 
And God comes in and says, you know what? I'm about to blow your mind. I'm about to blow your mind. I'm about to bring results you never even thought were capable. And because and it happens right here. When he says, nevertheless, at your words. Nevertheless. Because you say so, I will let it down. And when they had done so, they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. These were way more fish than they were prepared for. This was way more. This was a it was an incredible amount of fish. And so they signaled their partners and the other boats and come along to help them. And they came and they filled both boats so full that they began to sink. That's a lot of fish. And when Simon Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' feet, at his knees, and said, Go away from me, Lord. I'm a sinful man. All of a sudden, when he began to see that God was right, that Jesus was right, even on places he thought he was an expert, that he thought he knew it all, that he threw all his knowledge, all his strength, all everything he had at it and failed, that God was able to come in and do something way bigger, way bigger. And he had this understanding. God, I just fall so short. He had this revelation and understanding. It's not about me. It's about you. It's about you. See, Jesus had a different perspective. Now, whether or not he, he, had, he you know, whispered over there and said, all oh, fish, come over here. Whether he just knew. Maybe he had some of those super cool glasses that cut off the polarization, the glare. And he said, "Woo, that bunch of fish right there. We don't know how he did. We just know he was right. And Peter had to take him at his word. And it just absolutely solidified in Peter's heart that that he, that Jesus was was the one to follow. Jesus was absolutely 100% right. I love it that we see Peter's view because we see this is one of his first encounters with Jesus. Now we're going to jump to 2 Peter, and this is Peter's writings after all of his time as a disciple of Jesus, after now Jesus has died, buried, and risen again, and Peter is, is one of the leaders of the early church, and Peter begins to write these things. Because remember, we're talking about the surety. And let's look at 2 Peter 1. It says, For he received honor and glory from God the Father when the voice came to him from the, majest <coughs> from the majestic glory, saying, this is talking about Jesus being transformed. You can read about that in the Gospels on the mountain. And Peter was one of the witnesses to that. He said, This is my Son, whom I love, and him I'm well pleased. We ourselves heard the voice that came from heaven when we were with him on the sacred mountain, Peter, back in the story, he got so excited, he wanted to stay there and build tabernacles and stuff. He was majorly impacted by it. Jesus had to rebuke him and tell him, no, that's not what this is about. He says, and we have the words of the prophets made more certain, and you will do well to pay attention to it as a light shining in a dark place. So here he is, he's with Jesus, he hears God's voice from heaven, and he says, Scripture, the words of the prophets, the Scriptures, are more certain than the audible voice from heaven with Jesus standing right there in his full-on glory. That's why we have to embrace the truth and the power of the Word of God. Peter did. He lived, and he's saying the Scriptures are even a more sure word than that. 
and he begins to say it <coughs> and shining into a dark place until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts just stay there stay in the place of the word and revelation will come it'll, it'll dawn on your heart you'll understand it above all you must understand that no prophecy of scripture came about by the prophet's own interpretation that begins to get man's man's understanding and their argument saying oh this was just written by a bunch of men he's like no 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 it was the spirit that did this for prophecy never had its own origin in the will of man but men spoke from god as they were carried along by the holy spirit see hebrews 6 says we have this hope as an anchor to our soul firm and secure it enters into the sanctuary behind the curtain it's talking about the holy place where god's very presence is this hope that we have in Christ, this, this understanding that God's word is true, it is secure, it ties us there to the very presence of God. And so what we need to understand as we're growing in our faith, as we're growing in it, that our, <clears throat> our faith isn't a wish, our faith isn't blind. But folks, sometimes our, we also think that our faith ought to be somehow be pretty. And it ought to be without fault. And we, that, that, that as believers, it ought to be this glorious, picture-perfect faith. And that's just not it. It simply has to hold on. And that's why I love it that it's this picture of this anchor, and this boat with this anchor. And sometimes the current still will move it around. Just because that boat's anchored, it may not be moving away. You could go back and there it is. It's still there. But... Some of the stuff may have shifted. Sometimes things begin to pull on us a little bit. And you go, well, I thought I was anchored. Why am I, why am I feeling the drift? Why am I feeling all this stuff? Just stay anchored. You're not going to go anywhere. Stay anchored. Stay there. Hold on to that. It is so important. I've shared with you all my bungee jumping story before. And, and uh, there in Odessa when I was teenage age and graduating from high school and i watched all the guys go before me doing these cool flips and swan dives and all these gorgeous things this 200 feet up in the air and i was like i'm gonna do this and i pay my money and get cinched up and i go to the top and it was scary and if i could have come down i wouldn't even want my money back i just didn't want to get messed with by my friends if they would have signed a pack saying we will not talk of this ever again I'd have rode that crane down, and that would have been the end of it. But I knew they would never do that. So I was up there, and the guy had to count me down multiple times. And I'm like, he's like, all right, go on three. And finally, what would have been the equivalent of about 12, and you do three that many times, I finally go. And it was not pretty. I was on the deal, and I'm holding on to the sides have the big heavy bungee cord and I do this and go down till finally my rear end and the bungee cord weighs so much and I just kind of let go and I fall like this and on the video I look like a little dead bird falling out of a nest it looks like I had a seizure and it was just and I didn't move it just like until it caught and then I moved, and I yelled, and I screamed, and I looked like I'm running straight up into the air. It looked awesome. 
And it was just invigorating. And guess what? The bungee held. And I still let go and I still trusted it. And would I have loved to have made these beautiful leaps and flips and all this kind of stuff? Sure. But guess what? When it was all said and done, trust was still trust. There are tons of people on the ground that never climbed up, never, never experienced it. Just trust him. That God, it's all I can do. And I'm just, I'm just letting go barely here of my way of doing things. It's okay. It's okay. Trust him. Give him that. Give him that. It doesn't have to be gorgeous. It doesn't have to be beautiful. It just has to be really trusting him. If I hadn't really believed that that bungee cord would run, I'd have never pried my fingers off of that. I knew it was going to hold me. I knew it would. God will hold you. God will get you through to that next place. He absolutely will. Hebrews 10, and we close with this. Therefore, brother, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by new and living way, open for us through the curtain that is his body, And since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart in full assurance of faith. Having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from the guilty conscience, we're not coming to him because we feel guilty. We're coming to him because he loves us and he cares about us. He has a beautiful plan for our lives. We're fully assured of that. And having our bodies washed with pure water, let us hold Let us hold, let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess. For he who promised is faithful. God is faithful. We should be growing in our faith. We should be growing in it. Just because you have a little hiccup here and there, just because you have a little stumble, just because you're sometimes afraid to let go and it takes you longer. I'm telling you, everybody got impatient waiting on me to trust the bungee cord. On the video, you can hear my friend say, Clark, seriously, jump. It takes forever. It's okay. Take your time. But trust him. It makes a difference. It makes all the difference. I want to create a moment right here if everybody just kind of bow your heads. Maybe you're here. Maybe you're here right now. Saying, I don't have it all figured out. I don't have this whole thing. I've got questions about God and I've got questions about about pain and I've got questions about stuff. But I, I sense the Holy Spirit telling me that I need him for eternity. And I'm willing to go there. I'm willing to go there.